Hey soulmates, we are going live for another episode of the Sustainable Speaker Series. I'm being joined by the co-founder of Pleasant State, Sean, and I'm really excited because today we're going to deep dive into the incredible story that, you know, got Pleasant State to where they are now, but also, you know, why it is such an important conversation to be having about how us as consumers can make better conscious decisions when it comes to the cleaning products that we use every single day and why this new world of that secular economy of refilling and reusing rather than repurchasing single-use plastics is the way forward and a solution. So I'm really excited to invite Sean in. Let's get her on. Amazing. Hello. Hi. Hi. So nice to get to see you face to face. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's nice to meet you in this strange live no absolute pleasure um you know i'm such a fan of, of your beautiful products they're, they're obviously so aesthetic and and gorgeous but obviously also very practical and and work so well but you've got an amazing story i know it's not just you you've got a co-founder amy and you've both got such an incredible background um i mean let's just dive right in tell tell us the the journey and, and how you came up with this beautiful brand and product. Yeah, for sure. Well, firstly, thank you for all your kind words. I do feel like, you know, glass bottles, silicon, there are a lot of similarities. We obviously appreciate similar things. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, 100%. So, um, Pleasant State originally, the concept, um, Amy was struggling with her health issues in her life. So she was trying to remove toxins from her lives. They were giving her constant migraines. And one of the things she came across that was causing some of these issues um, was actually the ingredients, she was, chemicals she was using to clean her home, um, yeah. but also the plastics she was using. So um, this blew my mind, but things like, you know, plastic in your pillow or your mattresses yeah. and that type of thing, like, which I didn't, I didn't even know was there. So she was removing all these plastics uh, and then when she got to cleaning, she couldn't find anything that was a good replacement for the everyday cleaning products most of us were using. Mm. So um, she came across the concept of just add water cleaning, couldn't find it in Australia, um, couldn't find it in Australia, um, could find it overseas, but no one was making it in Australia and no one was making it in a non-toxic form as well. Um, so she thought in classic Amy style, she's like, why don't I just do it? Can't be that hard. <laughs> Um, when, and when so she had the idea. When, yeah. when what year was this? I, the end, end of 2019. Yeah. And and did Amy? No, have... Sorry, I keep I always get my years confused. End of 2020. Sorry. Yeah. So right. Like that whole COVID thing just like blended into one. So we started when the co when the pandemic started. So that was that was early 2020. 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, if you ask me what today was, I still don't know. So it's <laughs> it's it's, it's so really it's, interesting conversation because um like the premise of how soul started is also based on my health issues and autoimmune conditions and removing toxins and chemicals which is why we also chose glass but I'm, I'm super intrigued like was that something that um made amy audit her whole life uh before the brand like a long time before or was it just like circumstantial like did something happen um i think with a amy she'd been experiencing it for a long time um but she'd actually uh, can t probably talk to this better than I could as well, yeah. but um, had met with a professional who'd recommended she removes them from her life. So it was kind of, it was something that had been going on for so long. And I think that led to her making such a dramatic change. Um, but it's something I think that takes a while. Like it's quite hard to remove all those things. So it would have been a bit of a process. 
um, particularly when we started, like whether she didn't have cleaning alternatives. So it's just like trying to find the right solution and then switching to that one. Um, so I think it was a bit of a process for her. It's a bit, a bit tricky. Um, but yeah, so she had, had the idea um, and then was like, I need someone to help bring the brand to life and the marketing and someone to bring a bit of personality to it. And that's when uh, Amy was introduced to me uh, and we joined forces and that's how Pleasant State was born. So it was early 2020 at the start of the pandemic because I remember she told me about the concept. I was like, this is amazing. I knew I always wanted to have a business. I'd been working in like agency side marketing for a while and I really wanted to work in something that really aligned with what I believed in, um, but also something that I could really have fun with and have like create a beautiful brand. You, know, you work in something yeah. so long, you're like, oh, if only I had my own brand, I could do what I wanted and create what I wanted. And being able to do that with Pleasant State has just been so fun and to be able to do it in a, an impactful way as well. So yeah, when the, when the pandemic happened, we thought, okay, should we slow down, try and scope it out, see what's happening? Um, but instead we just decided to put our heads down and go because there was like never a time that was more important for us to have sustainable cleaning products than at the beginning of a pandemic. Exactly. I mean, couldn't have lined better. But, I mean, I'm so curious then. Like, so Amy's come to you and gone, like, I've got this amazing, you know, sustainable idea. Like, what was your life? in regards to sustainability at the time, like, did you have to take like a good hard look at yourself or was it something that you were already sort of starting to do? But, because, you know, it's yeah. perfect and we all have to audit and have that self-awareness. But I can imagine like, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be part of an eco company. Like you need to look at your whole life. Like what was that like for you? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I'm constantly taking long, hard looks at myself. To yeah. Be honest. <laughs> as, as, as part of this job, yeah, you're constantly learning and yeah. I'm constantly being confronted by information that is um, it's sometimes shocking and can, it can feel overwhelming. Um, and then for us, it's about, okay, how do we then um, share that information in a way that is supportive and not judgmental um, because no one is perfect, like you said. Um, but yes, so my background before Pleasant State was um, I'd been work I'm from Melbourne. I've been working in a marketing agency down there and I decided, you know what, this isn't aligning with me. I packed up my life with my partner and decided I was going to live in a van traveling Australia for, Amazing. I don't know, the plan, <laughs> the plan was three years. We got three months in, got to Noosa um, and then I just never left. I just loved it. I'd always wanted to learn to surf and I've spent the last three years here doing it every day wow. um, and just being in nature is just so important to me and I think that whole process of moving to Noosa spending my days I, I remember one day before um, I went to work I went surfing and I had like dolphins jumping around me wow. and I was just like paddling around I was like what like this never happened in Melbourne like the earth is beautiful I did not appreciate it um, and so I got through that process I became more and more passionate about protecting the environment um, when I first got up here, the fight for the bite was a really big campaign. Um, and I was doing some marketing for a local eco brewery. So I learned a lot throughout that process and got involved in that a little bit. There's also some really awesome, um, like beach cleanups, like so the surf rider foundation up here is really amazing. They do great work. So I just kind of saw all of that happening around me and was feeling really motivated. Um, and you see the impacts too, of, of you know, plastic on the beach. Um, and, and you also know what's at risk. So I think that was really driving me. So I knew I wanted to do something in this space and it was just kind of like the perfect opportunity just appeared and I just jumped at it. 
so much alignment and and i think I that's where the magic happens like when your purpose when your values when your passions when your like joy align you know things yeah. are just presented and you know it couldn't couldn't have come at a perfect time and you know you you, yeah. you really grew like really quickly obviously the again the alignment of middle of a pandemic and being a cleaning product works gorgeously well but i mean talk us through that journey like you go from you know zero to a hundred quite quickly and what's that experience been like and you know what have you learned yes so much yeah um, <laughs> so much every day i'm just like oh i am constantly learning constantly challenged um I'm like I, I, my latest thing at the moment. This is a little bit lame, but when I get nervous about something, which is constantly because I'm always <laughs> doing things that make me uncomfortable, I go and do like ten star jumps. I'm like, okay, let's go. You can do this, and then I sit down and I'm like, hi. <laughs> you know what? So my is... of that is my trampoline or my hula hoop. So oh, I amazing. support. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just gotta like get it all out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we had the so the concept it was around June 2020. Um, we had the idea, we had the brand name, we knew that we wanted to launch, um, but in order to test the market a little bit, but also because we're a um, bootstrap startup to fund the manufacture of our um, glass and silicon bottles, um, we decided to run a crowdfunding campaign. Um, we did that through Indiegogo. It launched. Um, in August and ran to about the end of the year. Um, we had a target of 54,000 and we ended up hitting 87,000, which was amazing. Yes. Yeah. So it was, um, it was a huge task. Like, I don't think we, uh, I think we underestimated how much work it would be because you're educating people about the product, you're a brand new brand. Uh, but at the same time, you're also educating people about crowdfunding because crowdfunding in Australia, particularly then was a bit of a novel concept. So we had people signing on, backing us, and then emailing being like, did I just invest? Or <laughs> what, what did I just do? And I'm like, oh, you actually pre-ordered. Yeah. Um, but how and nice that people still backed us. Like, it's, it's incredible. It's just a testament to how much, you know, this whole innovative solution is in demand. Like, it's not yeah. that out there. It's not that complicated. There is definitely a lot of incredible people in the community that are going to continue to back this. And it's the way things are going. Like you can see the evolution of it between then and now, how many brands now exist that bring yeah. things or different product categories testing this same concept. Um, yeah. No, and it's definitely a testament to, to you and Amy were sort of at the forefront of it because it is all timing. And, you know, as somebody who understands particularly glass and silicon, you know, from, from a manufacturing perspective, like it's complicated and there's quality control and it's expensive. And, you know, yeah. there's a lot of process. I can imagine the sustainability and quality control aspect would have been really interesting for you and you know, learning about yeah. it. What can yeah. you share about that journey? Because like I talk a lot about, um, you know, manufacturing being, the sustainable conversation people forget about because yeah. that's <laughs> that is the yeah. um you know what what has that been like or what was that yeah so we identified pretty early on that um 
Well, we did a lot of market research before we started. So that's kind of how we helped shape the brand and the product and how it looked and the colors, things like that. Um, but we also knew, um, which is a positive thing, that there would be a lot of brands that entered this space. Um, it was, it's an awesome idea. It's solving a massive problem. Um, the more people creating products in this way, in our, in our view, the better. Um, but because of that, we knew we really had to focus on our brand and our design and making sure that that was a, a, a big point of difference for us. Yeah. Um, so we really focused on creating like, like we could have gone off the shelf, but we went, we customized, <laughs> we created a custom glass bottle, which we did, we had no idea how difficult that was going to be. So many people said to us, go off the shelf and then just like tweak it slightly, but we didn't. So like even the glass bottle is custom, like it's custom made, mm -hmm. it's flush with the silicon. Um, which meant, you know, really large minimum order quantities, huge upfront cost for us, massive risk. Yep. Um, but in terms of sustainability, it's that that's been a massive learning curve for us. Yep. It is, it's incredible the amount of waste in manufacturing. Um, for example, when we were about to get sent our um, triggers and our bottles, um, we mentioned to the manufacturer that we like. We asked for a photo, I believe, and they sent it through and all of the blacks, they, they were wrapping the bottles in plastic. So they'd like them, <laughs> wrap them in plastic and then they'd pop them into the box. And we were like, whoa, no, 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 no. So Please. then they came up with, yeah, <laughs> this is, that's so much plastic. So then we had, like, we had, just by asking one question, we worked yeah. with them to make like an egg lattice. So it's like a crisscross in the box. So it, that acts as the protector. Um, and I think, you know, just by doing that, we, we had 20,000 bottles in our first run and each bottle was wrapped twice. So we saved 60,000 plastic bottles just by asking one question. Uh, and then the triggers were wrapped as well. I mean, th let's, let's touch on this for a second because this is what I try and instill in startups and brands that are just coming off the ground. It's like you need to consider the manufacturing process, not just from product development, but how it's shipped. Like yes. as an example, with our packaging with our actual boxes you know they might look a little bit fancy but the way they're designed is they're completely insulated and self-sufficient so I don't need bubble wrap I don't need protection yeah. I don't have anything else in the garden other than the cup itself in its own box and that's it so the bubble, you know those little what are they called like the nuggets foam nuggets whatever it is <laughs> extra you know padding or packaging or anything that's required for the actual shipment is needed and just like you said that's six what did you say sixty thousand bits plastic, of plastic little plastic bags yeah plastic bags saved like you know think of like the swimwear industries that each little garment or fashion industries where each garment comes in its own little plastic wrapping it's like so many solutions and like you yeah. said it from that question and you know how can we do better as brands to teach and educate as many people as possible so that you know if another company is watching or listening they'll take a long hard look at themselves and go oh yeah. shit maybe yeah. i can just hmm. yeah 100 percent. and there's and like to be really transparent a lot of it is a learning curve as well you know there have been times when we've received something and i've been like whoa i did not think it would come like that and then you just don't do it again um, yeah. so it's about learning, but I, yeah, like you said, like a, a platform to share that with other businesses so they don't have to make the mistake first up. Or I even just think the more that we ask those questions of manufacturers, the less likely they'll be just using plastic as a norm yeah. as well. Um, but I also think it like, um, 
the responsibility, I think we often hear that the responsibility lies with the consumer, you know, change your habits, do this, it's so much pressure, but so I, it's really important that as businesses, we're really accountable for it and, you know, and transparent with it as well. I mean, I literally interviewed um, Brianne, who is the founder of Ethic um, two days ago, yes. and had this exact conversation. We were debating, um, you know, who is responsible. And I said, the, yes. the fact a complete balance of the two, because as a consumer, you vote with your dollar. And is, yeah. it is your responsibility to spend your money wisely and consciously because every time you spend money, you're saying yes for that producer to continue operating the way they operate. But as a founder or a brand creator, it is wholeheartedly your responsibility to harness and enhance the relationships with your manufacturer. Because if you don't know who's making your stuff, how can you make any? How can you talk about anything? You don't even know your own product, right? So it's yeah. like chips create and, you know, actually work on with our factories and our manufacturers, because the closer you get, the more trust you build, the more understanding, and the more you can push the boundaries of, you know, let's find another solution. Give me another material. What's new? <laughs> you know, tell yeah. teach, update me because they're the experts, right? Yeah. Yeah, something that was really helpful for us in just made, making sure that we were always being as ethical and sustainable as possible um, was we, when we started, we knew that we wanted to be B Corp certified. And yeah. so we basically built the brand off their framework. And so every time we wanted to make a decision or we needed to do something, we just looked at the B Corp requirements and we were like, okay, well, that's where we need to go. Um, and so that was really helpful um, in making sure, you know, we've got really good sustainable and ethical governance. But... Um, and it's really good to do it from the start because what I've learned later on is that if you're a business and you, you know, you grow and you put all of these structures in place and then you try to go B Corp, it can be quite hard to change everything. But luckily, luckily Amy in her corporate background, she was like, this is where we're going to start. Um, this is how we'll set up the business. And it's been, yeah, a really good way to track it and measure it and just make sure we're in line. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I mean, let's talk a little bit about your products and and you know what you're trying to achieve and what are the goals here in it and of course talk about your growth because that i mean the product is the hero like this is the problem we're solving so like talk yeah. a little bit about what you do so well and and why it's gonna you know end single use for cleaning products sure well thank first of all thank you making me feel <laughs> oh i we know it's great but thank you for your kind words <laughs> um so if you haven't heard of us before um, we create just add water cleaning products. So basically the way it works is these bottles come empty, you fill them with hot water from your tap, drop in one of our concentrated bars and it dissolves. Um, and then you've got your cleaning solutions. So at the moment we've got a multi-purpose cleaner, a bathroom cleaner and a glass cleaner. Um, next month we're also launching a foaming hand wash and a dishwash detergent, which I am so excited about. We've had a few delays with the manufacturer of those, but our pre-order customers have been amazing. Um, and super patient and they'll be um yeah we're still on track to deliver next month which will be huge um, but in terms of what makes them so good um like we have a custom well, first of all custom bottle the glass and silicon we went with glass um because we wanted to avoid plastic obviously we looked at aluminium but that can react with the ingredients um, and most importantly, like this is a bar that dissolves in glass. So you need to be able to see the bar. And that experience is like some of the really special parts about it. Uh, we make our bars in Australia. So that's a really big differentiator of ours. We actually make them up here in, um, in Queensland. Um, we use all plant-based ingredients. So 
ingredients are really important and essential oils as well. So they're all scented with different essential oils. Um, probably one of my favorite features. They smell incredible. Uh, and then we wrap them in a home compostable wrapper. So it's a completely zero waste, healthy um, solution to cleaning. Um, but what we've also been working on recently is, you know, we started trying to solve plastic. Um, and we've done that with these products. And then we also wanted to educate about health. Um, yeah. But now what we're trying to do is, you know, our mission now, and we've done a bit of uh, positioning lately, is we create ethical products that make home care a form of self-care. So mm. our focus now is on our customers' relationship with cleaning, um, how that makes them feel. Um, I think there were some stats that came out post-COVID saying one in three Australians are now, now consider themselves obsessed with cleaning. You know, seven out of 10 say that it makes them feel um, less stressed. So I think, you know, people are actually linking cleaning with mental health and mindfulness. Um, and so there is, there's this like whole, there's a process to it. Like for me on a Sunday morning, I get up, that's my cleaning morning. I like put some music on, dance around the house, grab my pleasant state, add the same oils to the diffuser afterwards. So yeah. I just got this nice vibe. And then I'll go do something like, I don't know, like a bougie lunch or something, but it's like a routine. Yeah. Just making it a really nice experience. And I think that's the big differentiator with Pleasant Day and it's what we're really trying to achieve is just make cleaning pleasant. I think it says it in the name, right? But yeah. you're, you're right, like it, it is very holistic. And, you know, there's always like one morning that is your cleaning day. I'm quite similar to you. And it's like just ends the week so beautifully. And, you know, you know, you about your Monday and like a gorgeous clean house and and I think like my big thing here is I love what you mentioned before which is like the difference between aluminium being it can react like what's so special about glass is it's like non-porous um it's not going to leach anything into yeah. whether it's the cleaning product or like our cups it's not going to leach into your coffee like it's such a special material that I think people don't understand and you know, the fact that it's this gorgeous reusable forever bottle in high quality glass, it just makes the whole experience so much more special. Like it's that aesthetic sort of luxurious aspect that, you know, you're doing something for you. Like you're cleaning your home. It's, it's your, yeah. your place, right? You hope. Yeah. I think there's something very special in that. Yeah. I think like Another thing which we often talk about is before this, you know, you'd buy cleaning products, throw them under your kitchen sink, and it was like this ugly cupboard you didn't want to go near. Um, but now, like, yeah, we're just trying to create something you can put on the shelf. It's beautiful to look at. Um, it's part of your home. It adds value. It doesn't, like, decrease the value from the home as well. Um, but, yeah, yeah in, like, with glass and plastic, like, I have learned so much about plastic and the plastic issue and recycling. Um, like, even recycled plastic, you know, quite 90, most of the time, you have to add virgin plastic to make recycled plastic. You can only recycle plastic once. Um, so while, you know, using recycled plastic products is really good, once you use them, they still can't be recycled again. Like that's their end, end life. So that was a massive learning curve for me. And also just the amount of plastic that goes unrecycled. Like I think it's 11% of plastic is recycled. I think all these people... Yeah, I, I think it's even less than that, especially yeah. depending on the country. But I mean, this, this is a big, amazing conversation because, yeah. again, talk about this and like our mission at Seoul is to stop plastic production or at least one of our missions because, yeah. you know, it, it really upsets me. I get very passionate about this conversation. 
which is why would we produce a reusable product out of plastic? In, in my mind, it's like it's fast-tracking the problem. Like, why is there, why do these products exist, these, these reusable products in the market that are made from new plastic? Like, I don't think you thought it through, <laughs> you know? Like, you didn't quite get that. And, and you're right. Yeah. It's really important that there's solutions in the world and there's amazing people out there working on solutions to do something with the plastic that exists already. Like, we can't take that yeah. back. We can't do anything about it exists. We have to see if there's an option to do something with it useful. But as brands, as producers, if we can, again, take responsibility to make products without plastic in them, with products that are either recyclable or infinitely reusable and high quality, because that's what we focus on. We need to focus on durability and functionality and longevity of products you might have to pay a little bit more but you're offsetting you know like the balance is is of value but doing it for life yeah. and i this is the conversation we need to keep having <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah i couldn't agree more we've we've had a lot of chats like internally and with our customers as well about like price points and the value of our products and we've worked really hard to keep them you know like reasonable in line with kind of what you would normally pay for a cleaning product but yeah at the same time you're, you're making something that's really high quality you like we use synthetic great ingredients like it's we make it in australia like the bars in australia as well um but people have been pretty understanding about that like once you send someone an explanation of why something costs them that much i don't think yeah. we've had any pushback you just need to explain it sometimes but yeah I, in terms of glass and uh, plastic and just producing more plastic i, I totally agree I think that comes from the transparency aspect. I mean, that's where, again, you stand out as a leader in these spaces, in these industries. Like, you want your customers to ask questions. If people aren't asking questions, then I'm concerned that there's a lack of conscious consumerism. Like, I yeah. want to, I want you to talk to the brands around you, and I want you to push them and ask them for more because they can do it. We're all capable, especially, you know, stages of growth like there's a lot more flexibility to make changes feedback is incredible because you want to give your customers what they need not what you think they need and that's yeah. what happens with feedback so you know i i support it wholeheartedly and i can see that part of your sort of ethos you know yeah i want to i want to ask you when it comes to sustainable journeys and it can be quite overwhelming. It can feel feel too much for, for people, for consumers. What's a little bit of advice or maybe from personal experience that you can give people to sort of go like, everything's all right. You know, this is the best way to start or here are my tips. Yeah. Yeah. I have definitely experienced the overwhelm of just the environment, you know, climate change, environmental issues. Um, and I think before Pleasant State, I was in this kind of space. Sorry, it was really loud, loud car outside. Um, I was in this space where I was trying to fix everything and do everything, but I wasn't doing anything well. Um, I think it was actually like a plastic free July and I was trying, I'd like just cut back everything and I was really trying, but uh, because I wasn't prepared either, it was just impossible. I didn't have toothpaste. I didn't, I was just, so it was just, and those so, <laughs> But and so I was just overwhelmed and then through starting Pleasant State um, and also I, I remember Amy just said this to me once like we have 
chosen you know one issue which is plastic in cleaning pro uh, products and um, chemicals in cleaning and we just put all our everything into that one issue and that means we can actually make a huge impact in that one area like we can't do everything maybe as the business grows we'll be able to do some more, like there'll be more areas but just being able to channel my energy into one area and being really passionate about that and then help others change has been um, really rewarding and, and being able to see the change and it's been yeah, really rewarding and you and empowering but in terms of my like my personal life as well I think you can like carry that mindset to what you do like start with one thing and then do that well and then once that's just part of your routine then go to the next thing because it, it shouldn't be this uh, this thing that makes you feel sad and overwhelmed and anxious it should be this like it's empowering like you are you know ignoring the societal norms and like what we've been taught to routinely just consume and do like you're taking your power back and just do it one by one um it won't feel as overwhelming um and it'll actually make you feel yeah really good about yourself and empowered i think that's so special and like you you know that you can't say it any better than that i think start start with one thing do the thing that you're most passionate about makes you happy or brings you joy and then working on it and then the next thing next thing and you yeah. know no one's perfect I, th I think the big message to send is you can't do everything you can't be perfect when it comes to sustainable because we're still battling you know the societal external issues of what's in your shopping center what's in your grocery store and yes. something I often say is if you could just take that moment before mm -hmm. you pick up that product or you buy that item and have that conscious 10 second thought of do I need this do I already have it at home um you know is there another version of the same thing that's better packaged or you know a little bit less plasticky <laughs> yeah and then make that decision and I think that goes such a long way but yeah 100% and I think the dream is well my dream is is that one day it's not that hard you know it's you go that we've made these decisions enough that businesses have caught on and larger corporations have caught on and they start making the changes themselves and it won't end up being so hard. Um, but my other, I guess my other tip there would be, you know, if there's something you love and you want to buy it, but it's not packaged sustainably, just reach out to that business and let them know because that's going to start driving change. If they get like 10 emails a week from someone being like, hey, I want to buy your sour worms, but they're wrapped in plastic. So, uh, <laughs> and then which is what i've done um then they will be like okay maybe we need to change our packaging like i, I just like when we start getting feedback you know you, all of a sudden you'll see a trend and we'll be like okay well that's might be something we need to address and look at and so i think that's another way to um yeah make change as well 100 percent. and you know when we talk about this i the quote i always lean on is if you think you're too small to make an impact try sleeping in the room with a mosquito and <laughs> i know it's great it's, it's so gorgeous. That's very accurate as someone that lives on the sunny coast <laughs> right it, it's really summarizes it and and i like to to sort of reiterate what you're saying is you can also start within your community like it's yeah. a dog project, right if, if you have a favorite coffee shop that you go to every single day but notice that they don't have a reusable cup option or maybe they don't give a discount if you have a reusable cup talk to them it, you know that barista probably knows you by first and last name anyway so yeah. you know it's, it's having those conversations and not being scared that you know 
your voice will, you know, make some kind of an impact. In fact, that's so empowering and that's so special because it can. And exactly like you said, challenge, challenge everything. Be curious, ask questions. You know, we, we live in such a luxurious time where we have access to the founders of brands through social media. You can literally DM us. And yeah. we'll <laughs> you know, and yeah. That's so empowering that there is so much connectivity. So, yeah, I, I love that you said that. But thank you so much for, like, grounding that message. Of course. It's important. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to sort of tie up, I, I think if there's something you could leave the audience with, tell, you know, what's your sort of go-to piece of wisdom in this whole experience of, you know, operating this incredible company? What What's the the little dust of magic that you can inspire. Um, actually, I have one. Um, because <laughs> it's something that I, I, I have, it's like my, um, it's something that I'm personally working on at the moment. And that is um, enjoy the process. Enjoy mm. the journey. Um, I think this is more of like a business tip or, oh, no, it's, I think it's related to life as well, but I think we are so, well, me personally, so focused on the end goal, like, you know, and that's always changing in business. Like, it seems like every day I've, like, I've got a new goal. Um, but, I, you know, you can be so focused on the end goal, whether that's in your work, relationship, or just generally in life that you forget to enjoy the journey and the process. And I've, I found myself doing that lately. And so that would be my word of wisdom. Enjoy the process. It's all amazing. You learn so much. I'm a completely different person to who I am now than I was when we started this in 2020. And I'm so much better for it. Um, but yeah, just every day, just take a little moment to smile and be like, how cool that I'm here. How cool that I'm doing this. I love that. I, I could <laughs> not agree more. I, I wholeheartedly live by that. It's find the joy in every day and every and, and you know what, to relate it back to sustainability, it's the same thing. It doesn't need to feel scary. It doesn't need to feel bad. It can actually enjoy it. Like, you know, we, we do a, um, like a cleanup around the area where our office is with the team once a week. It's a bit of like team yeah. building. And we have so much fun. Like it is such a beautiful, gorgeous way to like connect to each other while you pick up really gross things from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I think that is a nice premise of life, business, sustainability. You know, just enjoy, enjoy. Um, Sean, I, I'm so grateful that you spent some time with me. Your story is amazing. I can't wait to see the launch of your new products. Um, we'll me make too. we leave all the links below and please stay connected. I, I'm just I'm in awe of your growth. you you guys have done amazing. Oh, thank you. Same to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye.